0: Andy's funny. Time for the
1: show! Sometimes faith can feel as cold as winter, and it can look as dark as winter too. I grew up in the cold in Wisconsin, so I understand being physically cold. But I also understand being spiritually cold, feeling distant from God because of depression, because of sickness, because of friends dying. I doubt goodness that I see in the world because I see the chaos, the war, and the violence. I feel distance from God often, and I used to fight those feelings, but now I embrace them, and I sit with them. Winter Faith has become my new home. So I created the Winter Faith Podcast. The Winter Faith Podcast is focused on creating conversations to promote emotional and spiritual growth, through conversations that involve faith, apathy, and everything in between. Let's get into it.
2: All right. Welcome to the show today. I have Christy Bauman with me, who i have not quite finished with your book. I apologize, but I have listened to all of your podcasts. So let's start with tell us a little bit about your podcast, which I know is is fairly new and maybe introduce who you are as well.
0: Yeah. So my name is Christy Bauman. I'm a therapist and professor and author, and I work with women's sexual health and spiritual health. So basically, all my doctorate research is on women's well-being and what contributes at the end of their life that they would say, I lived a good and well life. So I look at it through the lens of spirituality and sexuality. So I sit most of my days with clients who are bringing that. My husband, on the other hand, works with men um, who are working on their own well-being, but through the lens of unwanted sexual behavior. So we're like a therapist team. And what's funny is that podcast came out of one day, us just literally laying in bed being like, oh, we need to, t- we need to talk about this. People need to talk about this. And we would sit in our marriage intensives on weekends with couples and we'd get out of that and think, wow, we've seen this again and again. So we should just talk about it. And then we would get in fights and we would just press record and we'd start just recording conversations that we think couples are having about, you know, um, feminism in the church or what it means to be a woman in the church, what it means to have unwanted sexual behavior in a marriage, and just these conversations that we really were hoping people could hear us talk about it if they're too afraid to talk about it in their own relationships or it's too much of a, like, minefield that you get in some huge argument. You know, we know that there's places in every marriage that there are two or three conversations every time you get to them they go downhill fast and we are not present in. And so our attempt was with the podcast, our attempt is in 15 minutes to have a conversation that we might have at the end of a night that brings connection, intimacy, honesty, authenticity. And um, yeah,
2: authenticity. I, I love it because it's kind of like modeling for other couples what a conversation could, or I guess not, I don't want to like, it should look like this. I don't right. want to throw it yeah. on myself, but, um, but it's like, yeah, it could look like this. It maybe should look like this, but it, it definitely is kind of a vulnerable conversation. There's a couple other marriage podcasts that I've listened to that they talk about. We had to stop recording because it just turned into a fight and we couldn't yeah. go back to it. Has that ever happened with with you guys?
0: You know, it's happened where we fought before and then we press record and we just work with our therapy ninja skills that we know. Like we just push through, um, but we haven't had to stop recording yet. But <laughs> I mean, I have started most of those recordings really frustrated and pretty angry and shut down. Wow. But, but then it's the practice of showing, you know, coming back to it and showing up with my full voice and inviting his full voice there too.
2: Yeah. yeah that's, so you have the podcast Therapy Shorts um, yeah. with you and, and your husband, Andrew, yeah. who's also a counselor, as you mentioned. And then your other um, podcast. Can you tell us about yes. that one, too? Because you yes. are in the podcast world right now.
0: <laughs> yes, I am. Which seems like the a most terrible idea after a pandemic. And I mean, I feel like it's like I'm a decade later. I thought about it forever. And then I just never did it. And then finally, I was like, okay, I just need to do it. So woman is what I've branched out of my research, which is women's well being. And so the woman airing podcast is Tracy Johnson is a woman who works at a red tent living in Austin, Texas. And our goal is, can we bring a red tent conversation? And it, for you who are not familiar, the red tent is this idea of what was used in biblical times for women who were menstruating and they were sent outside of the camp. And so we want to take back that women are not being handed down a legacy, not a spiritual legacy, not a sexual legacy. We, we don't have women of old and generations back saying, this is how you should come to this role of woman. This is how you should come to this gender of femininity. And we're trying to, you know, in a techno savvy world, we're trying to maybe bring a a virtual red tent where women don't feel alone, where they are supported, where there's honest conversation and where there's actual help of when I feel alone in my own body and my gender, how do I join into the church? How do I join into spirituality? How do I join into sisterhood? So that's the woman airing podcast podcast.
2: yeah. yeah, I I love both of them. I've I've listened to them. I really think it, it. You know, it is ironic. I I've experienced this too doing my own podcast where it's like we just had a year where everything was virtual, and now I want to really work hard on this virtual project. I'm like, man, but um, but that's you know, that's life, and it's not going away, you know. Yeah. And so, I've been like I said, I've been reading through Theology of the Womb, um, one of your. One of your books, and my guess is that's maybe the most, um, like the closest to your heart, maybe yeah. that book, maybe yeah. not, but um, oh, it is. yeah, and wow, I just, I really want everybody to go out and buy this book. It's wow. really, really good, and I've just been, I I have like goosebumps thinking about it because it's just been an emotional experience for me as a married man with two kids that my wife um, had both of them and being, you know, I think about being in the room when my son was born and I almost missed it because it was, uh, he just really wanted to to see the world. So um, I think about those, those moments. And when I'm reading this book, you talk a lot about like your own um, spiritual um, struggles and pain physically, but emotionally, spiritually, of having, you know, just difficulty in, um, in pregnancy. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um, just the book and, and what, it, yeah, what it means to you.
0: Well, I will say, Andy, that I love that you read it because my biggest insecurity when I birthed this book Was that men wouldn't read it, but my like inside deep secret desire, more than that women would read it and be found and find God in it, was that men would read it, and it's it's so interesting. So to hear you say it, like there are not there are men who come up to me and say your book really changed my life, and then there's but there's not that many men. You know, there the wound for me is the good christian man the the pastor the white western pastor who comes and says this is revolutionary like mm-hmm. but i don't get that that often and so there's something so kind of um i'm a enneagram too by nature which means i i hate conflict and i don't want to push anything i'm not a big cell salesman person and so i don't want to push my book on men And yet, sometimes I just think if a man would read this book, I think it could be an invitation to so many things he wants to know, but doesn't know how to ask. And Mm -hmm. I try to be really vulnerable and really raw without eroticizing it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, like, I think a lot of times for men to know and be intimate with an understanding of a woman, where they get almost stopped is they get aroused. And then because of that arousal, they can't really connect anymore. They have to cut it off. And there's something about my hope is, can you just know women? And even though the world sets you up to objectify and be aroused by intimacy with a woman, can you see deeper than that? And almost could you see that part of God that holds these feminine attributes? And could you, you know, step into your own understanding of what you long for from your mother, what you long for from your wife, what you long for from a woman's love that God actually holds within himself. But we aren't trained to look for that or understand that or know that we're not allowed to. So that was the book to me. It was it was really um, it started off with just birthing that I became more and more ostracized from God as I had more children. And in my my story of reproduction, like I wanted to know God more and I was not getting that. So I started digging deeper and deeper. And this book birthed from that um, place.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And I love this language of birthing. Like if I start saying like, well, I birthed this podcast in 2017. It has a different. Yeah. It feels different than saying. Hey, I I created this podcast in yeah. 2017. Like, it, just the specific language I think has been really encouraging to me. And there's, I mean, there's over a hundred pages of things I just want to like quote and say. What did you think about this? But I can't do that. But um, there's a there's a couple of them. And one of the things was, um, you know, you just have been um, you just birthed a, a child and now. Um, your husband (laughs) wants to come into that same place. And it's like, I think just adding that to it, like it meant something to me to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But that's would maybe not be fun. Like I can (laughs) plain, but that's a very minimal way of saying it. But I understand that would be difficult emotionally, spiritually, physically to be like, okay, this is a place of like deep pain and birthing and also a place of pleasure, like that is all happening in the same place. And to read that, I think meant something to me. And it made me appreciate like, my wife, my mom, my sister, you know, women everywhere. But obviously, those are the three, you know, my sister's had three kids, my wife's had two kids, my mom's had two kids. So I think about them, and how, you know, maybe I don't know if they would say they've been silenced in the church or not. I haven't, I guess, yes. directly ask them. But I know that it's so important that we appreciate women in the church. And and I want to I want to do that. And so what can churches do, you know, to um, to support women? And um, yeah, we want to we want to read the book. We want to, you know, for some of us, we want to to learn more. But what are maybe some people that are not going to they're not big readers, they're not podcasters. What, right. you know, what can we do? Um, to be part of, um, I guess, the healing process.
0: Yeah, and actually, I came to find that understanding in what's called womanist theology, which is actually a theology started by Black women who tell the story of womanhood, and they use the Bible. They tell through a biblical lens, and they use their their story of womanhood. And I was blown away because I didn't even know this existed. I mean, I was in seminary. I, I mean, I've been in Christian academia from kindergarten to my PhD. I have been a part of Christian institutions and I still had never heard of this understanding of theology through womanhood. And so I I might just ask like men or churches or people who've never heard of it, would you be curious and would you be Mm. curious that maybe we've let women play a role of an object rather than a story. And if God is telling his story, if the Imago day is in each of us and we all bear an image of God like no one else, not only just because I'm female, but because I'm a certain individual, I bear something of the story of God, I bear an attribute of God that no one else does. So could we be curious of that story? And I, I love that that meant something to you because even in sex, we deduce it down to action. We deduce it down Mm -hmm. to feelings, orgasm, just these uh, uh, hormones. And, Mm -hmm. you know, truthfully after sitting for 12 years with people who've had sexual trauma and who have been trafficked and I mean, just extreme sexual abuse, I would say I'd give up sex in a second for what it's cost. And yet I'm like, if God's a good God, when he created sex, it had to have so much more meaning than society and media is telling us. And even than the church is telling us because there's a lot more sexual sin happening and sexual harm happening than there is glory happening. And so we've lost our yeah. power as a Christian. We've lost our power as the church to actually participate in sex in the, its intention by God. And, and I think we have to start looking at both bodies, the male and female body differently right like even as you said you know birth sounds different for you to say and so you say create and i think okay well if every 15 minutes blood is flowing to the penis and there is a sense of a desire for an erection what do we do with that right okay oh gosh i just said penis on a podcast like maybe we just go there Mm -hmm. or do we look deeper to what god's doing why is that every 15 minutes a man has the potential to create So I want us to unpack that, right? Like that's why men, I mean, they have this drive in this world or they do want to create and they create in a different level than a woman who every nine months, you know, or every month she's like, she has something in her body ready to create. This tells me something about those two genders put together, right? There's a pool of like, well, every 30 days I can, I might want to create every 15 Mm -hmm. I want to create. What's the middle ground? between those two places and how do we, how does iron sharpen iron? How do we come together and co-create? Well, I think God's asking us that too, in our own bodies. Like how does Mm -hmm. God want to create with men? Well, to me, like, I I mean, if I'm just going to be as simple as saying every 15 minutes, I think God has an invitation to co-create with men. And every month for a week, I think God wants to co-create with a woman, but we aren't considering these concepts. We just stop it oh, this is genitalia, you know, we can't talk about it, instead of, if we, if we serve a good God who created us in his image, what, now we can explore, what's the point, point? and I think exploration has been so scary and dangerous, we haven't been allowed to actually know what God's glory and hope was in all of that, and, and, and that breaks my heart, um, it, it really does.
1: Thanks for listening to this show today, everybody. I just want to give a few shout outs. Today's music, the one and only Josh Cleveland. Today's artwork, and all the Winter Faith artwork and digital design, Dominique Montaigne. The intro was done by Scarlet Fox. And I am just grateful to be creating and editing this podcast. My name is Andy Frazier. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Winter faith podcast subscribe subscribe on all those platforms and also we are on patreon if you would like to support the show and also leave a review on itunes at the winter faith podcast thanks for listening and we will see you next week